So welcome to the Westminster Effects Doxology Podcast. I'm Cody Fields, the president of the Noseminster family of guitar effects. Check us out at westmintereffects.com. Bradley's out of town today. So who's this other guy with me? Uh, this is John Ross, uh, Lutheran John, as I may be introduced and referred to later, from Lincoln, Nebraska. Happy to be here with us all. <laughs> so, and we have a couple of awesome guests with us today. It's really my favorite Very event around right now. Yeah. I, we have Tanner Springgate. Say hi, Tanner. Hey, guys. And we have Jim Thompson. Hola, amigos. Of Hymns and Hops. So, fellas, give us a little background on yourselves and what Hymns and Hops is, how that came to be. I know that's a lot to ask. You got to go first. (laughs) Yeah, I got this buddy who actually, he actually tends barn out somewhere up in North Carolina. His dad was like in charge of every single Southern Baptist uh, music minister in the whole state of South Carolina. And he moved to North Carolina, age kind of rethinking the church. And a few years ago, he sent me this thing uh, about this uh, called Beer and Hymns that was meeting at a bar, I think near Raleigh somewhere. It was like 40 people just uh, having a pint, having a, having a good old hymn and not skipping the third verse like a Baptist would do and just like having a good old time, right? And so he sends me this link and I just, I literally just thought, oh, that's cool, whatever. And so I work at a church, but one of my buddies who works at a church with me, he just knows a lot of people in the city and he can make a lot of things happen and he's got a big mouth and he's a great dude. And so I sent it to him and he's like, Oh, that's cool. And then like six or eight months later, he goes, we're doing this. And I said, bro, I appreciate a pint and I appreciate old hymns a lot. I said, if you do all the connections, I'll show up. And if nobody goes, then I'll have a good time with my two and a half friends who sing with me. And so that was December 2016. And I think there were 80 people there. And I think we now do two locations at once. And I think there were almost 900 people at one of the last ones. And so it's like, 900 people split That's between awesome. two locations. Yeah, 900 people split yeah. between two locations, is awesome. which is it's pretty hype. It's you, you know. basically have a mega church showing up. That's the only thing I really want in life is to be a part of a mega church. <laughs> if it's hip, if it's hype, if it's cool, if it's trendy, just put me on that wave, baby. I no, I actually hate if anything's cool, I'm like I hate it. But yeah, get me out of there. It is no, no to be to over spiritualize it. I really think it's like, hey, God's doing something fun and cool and happy and unique and unifying. But uh yeah, that's from my where I sit, that's from, from your point of view. Yeah, that's that's the 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 ninety second uh, take there. Sure, Tanner, how'd you get involved with this? I mean, you, you play guitar, do some vocals with it. How'd that all come about? That's right. At my perspective on hymns and hops and how it came to be was a lot. Uh, I guess further down the road from Jim, where I'd heard secondhand through him, and then through Jonathan Parker, who's kind of our fearless leader of it. Uh, took took me out for for a drink one day and essentially asked me hey man do you think this is a good idea to do and i said yeah it sounds like a no-brainer to i mean enjoy good beers and then sing hymns and my background comes from leading worship in a in a smaller church um and then now no longer doing that vocationally doing it on the side i work kind of a blue-collar job installing Mm -hmm. network cabling now so music and hymns and that kind of frivolity is is definitely in the hobby side but something i very very much enjoy doing but yeah hymns and hops was kind of put on the table uh, i mean it was a conversation with a beer across the table of hey does this sound like a good idea and i was like yeah that sounds like a great it's idea the only way you can have that conversation <laughs> yeah, i think it's the only way that you involved. could absolutely oh, yeah, so i mean so here's here's the big question that is pertinent to american evangelicals particularly us here in the south why beer 
I mean, isn't that cursed or something? <laughs> it's definitely cursed. There's no doubt about that. It's only uh, cursed that's cursed, I think. I, dude, uh, Doug Wilson in his book, Mother Kirk, has a footnote in which he says, uh, Pastor Frank got in trouble for drinking Michelob. And in some in some <laughs> Christian context, he got in trouble because it is a beer. And in some context, he got in trouble because, because oh, no, Michelob. he says in more informed circles, he got in trouble because it's not. <laughs> That's like a super Presbyterian move. Yeah. That's so true. That is so true. Yeah. Um, wait, what was the question? Oh, why, oh. why beer? Why are uh, we drinking beer and singing hymns? Dude, I think I think it's it, much like coffee. It's like it's it's something to do that sits you there, that puts you in a mood, that puts you in a space that that is communal and fellowship. And it's like you're on the same team if you're doing something with the other person that includes food and drink. Mm-hmm. I don't think you have to like get weird about it because it's alcohol. I mean, even Jesus, when he talks about like, come in and dine with me and sup with me and drink with me, like these are all things that we see in the New Testament. And so I do think that um, it is a unifying picture. I mean, after all, the Lord's Supper wasn't grape juice, and that's a, the most unifying picture we have. And then Matthew and Mark's gospel, it's like, and they had a drink that drink and yeah. then it says and they went and sung a, sung a hymn i mean i know that's huh. like it's just funny that that's there but i do think it's a unifying and restful and communal and like positive energy good happy fun fun kind of thing and i also know that some, we try not to push it down people's throats like if they disagree sure. we're just like hey we're you know we're sorry if you'd like to talk about it we, we've had you know a couple haters here and there but yeah that, that was going to be my next question is is what do you do with the people you know and i've got friends that that aren't big on it where they'll say i don't see why they quote unquote have to have beer and sing and all that and that, that's not to disparage them obviously sure but at the same time it's i don't know that they're quite getting the full picture and yeah. you know a lot of them are uh concerned with alcoholism and stuff like that yeah. so speak to that a little bit for sure. I think I think one of the biggest uh, points of feedback for us and something we try and communicate to everybody when they are inquisitive about a hymns and hops and why why is it beer and why is it hymns and why do those two things have to be together or why shouldn't? Or I think the statement is more, shouldn't this look more like the gathering of the church? And kind of our unapologetic answer is this may not be the gathering for everybody. And yeah. it's not mandatory to show up. You don't have to come. This isn't a part of your church checklist living in the bible belt that you have to show up to <laughs> yeah. hymns and hops everybody comes from different backgrounds and there's there's a full understanding and, and that we can be honest that nobody's getting saved because everybody's already saved in the south anyway right oh, yeah. <laughs> no, no no doubt no sure. question everybody's got the, yeah. the get out of hell free pass right. fire insurance cards yeah, in yeah, the wallet yeah. somewhere <laughs> so yeah I, I think i think having the t- taking the pressure off of it of this this isn't a mandatory thing this is a gathering and i think what what makes it special for me and i i'm gonna come at it from more uh i guess basic terms than and less theo- theologically uh sound stuff is i mean the bars and the breweries are the place you want you want to go hang out with your friends it's the places where communities are i think especially in america now there's this resurgence of of people going back into local local breweries local <coughs> pubs uh microbreweries these places and they've become these community hangouts where people are spending their time uh people are gathering people are bringing their families in um, and people, people are spending a lot of time here. And in our case of bringing the hymns to these places, from my perspective, it was a why not bring the hymns to these places where people are already gathering? And why don't we do the thing that we do already so well as Christians? We yeah. just sing together. Why yeah, don't we bring that singing to this? I think like Tanner and I have been bros for a while. It's like we'll get together and just sing and play hymns and just kind of, you know, 
do that and then occasionally we'll find ourselves and we'll be together and it's like hey let's have a beer and then it's like it doesn't it doesn't make anything but oh sure these things aren't in opposition to each other sure (laughs) right they they go together yeah it kind of feels to me with both the beer and the hymns and we can get into the hymns in a second i guess is both of those are connecting (coughs) connecting us with our with our past where Mm. John Calvin had a crap load of wine yeah. worked into his part pastoral of his, part salary. Part of his yearly salary, yeah. Uh, Martin Luther's wife was known for making legit beer. Katarina von Bora. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Gangster and- of a brewer. <laughs> right, Lutheran John? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so, so that's... And then on top of that, you've got these old, old songs. Uh, mm. Like, you say... You're big on uh, reciting the Apostles' Creed and mm, then singing mm. it as well at the end of all of those. Mm. Um, why the Apostles' Creed and why it as well? Can I can I go back and rewind for one second? I, no, I definitely <laughs> no go chance. Go I remind me of a Luther quote. They asked Luther, you know, he was a German dude, probably big hearty dude, and they asked him one time, "Why is it is it a problem that he likes uh, beer so much?" And he said something that's just not politically cool in our climate, but he just said. We don't get rid of women, do we? And which is a super Lutheran, like sassy thing to say. Right. But I think his point is that if anything is good, it can be abused, whether yes. it's coffee yes. or alcohol or like sex or family or money. Mm-hmm. Like if something is good, that's the definition of sin, that it's going to take a good thing and pollute the thing. And so, yeah, we do have people who push back, but it's like, how can we, we redeem it? I think that's the Christian question the christian worldview question is how can we redeem it and we see this as a redemptive move and if you're not down with it hey that's fine like we just see this as a cool like act of redeeming something that has been messed with a little bit if you're not down with it fine we can have we can share a beer in the new heavens and new earth right (laughs) i will not drink of the fruit of this vine until i drink it with you again in the that day yeah well who said that oh it's jesus that's right (laughs) but okay sorry creed knit as well my bad yeah, go ahead. Uh, yeah, that happened by accident. Like, we were like, hey, let's say the creed one time before we sing a final song. And then it it was thunderous. It was like <laughs> what everybody wishes the creed sounded like when, yeah. and we didn't mean for it to be thunder. And then we sang it as well to close one week, and we were like, well, that was thunder too. Let's do it again. Yeah. And now it's just tradition. If it ain't broke, don't fix if it. If it ain't yeah. broke, don't, yeah. <laughs> Retweet so hard. Yeah, and... <laughs> I think one time for Christmas, I asked Tanner, I'm like the hymn snob, and I usually plan the set list, and I run them by Tanner, and he'll go, no, that's dumb, or no, change this, or yes, that's awesome. And I said, should we change it for Christmas? And he was like, oh, no, of course not. Well, you wanted to change it for Auld Lang Syne, which is a great song, don't get me wrong, but I think my response was, is Auld Lang Syne a hymn? And that's just the final answer. (laughs) Well, we do hymns, and that's it. Yeah, so that, that was accidental creed and horatio spafford there yeah <clears throat> and so john had work things to tend to so it's just us three for a minute uh which is still awesome um so an interesting thing that i've i've kind of been dwelling on i guess the past month or so um is you see and this isn't to rip on modern worship music at all uh there's a lot of really awesome modern worship songs um but they tend to dwell in the present where you look at hymns and they start in the present uh and then they work their way toward like an eschatological end where you've got 
say you know since we referenced it as well you've got uh when peace like a river attendeth my way when sorrows like sea billows roll so that's there and then it starts to focus on jesus and at the end it's and lord haste the day when my yeah. faith shall mm, be sight yeah. and i believe uh you've said something along the lines of this being a little taste of heaven mm. is that right yeah. You probably I'm, I'm sure you've probably said that no, it's so <laughs> there's funny. been several of them yeah it's so funny to me like pop culture at large from a starbucks cup to a new movie to whatever they're so big on story and narrative and stuff and people are leaving the old hymns and it's so funny that most of them have a, a more clear narrative structure to them yeah than a lot of modern worship songs, again, that's not to totally shred all modern worship. Some of them are very shreddable and should be shredded, but right. uh, like a lot of old hymns, it's just like we start uh, at the cross or we start with our personal experience and then we go to the cross and then we go to the promises of the spirit and then we end up in the new creation and new heavens, and new earth. And like, there's something um, naturally accessible that I think we want to drift to with that that uh, reality of the present and the hope for the future, all because of the gospel. So that is something I kind of, you know, haven't thought about much, but I really like about the hymns is they have that. Um, yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't leave you just sitting here in the present circumstance. It points you towards something down the road where, and, and I guess, I, I think what I, when I, when I, this really started kicking in was, um, it's kind of funny where, I got a friend who's only been a Christian for about a year and a half, two years, and he gave his testimony at the church where he was initially saved, where there was a guy that kind of brought him under his wing and all that kind of stuff. And uh, to start this little evening service, they had like four super old people <laughs> sing basically karaoke hymns. Or they had a little backing track on a CD or whatever. Oh, man, yeah. And, uh, and, and at first it, it sounded kind of hokey. And then it was like, wait, all of these people are singing about heaven right now. One, because one because they're a lot closer to getting there <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. than the rest of us. And they understand that. Yeah. But they also understand that we're not just living for right now, yeah. I guess. so. No, no, yeah. It, there is something. I love how, how accessible lyrically accessible the old hymns are and some people think that it's it's just weird language nobody talks like that but i think if you give yourself to it it's uh i mean people still have to read shakespeare in high school so you know um i do think there's <laughs> there's something to it and and the the bible was kind of written two thousand years ago right yeah That's also pretty relevant yeah and, and especially when you add to that that king james is the only real version oh, don't go helps. there <laughs> <laughs> i mean it sounds cool you know, because God, as we know, speaks in a British accent. But yeah, still. that's true. I mean, that's that's how I have Siri speak to me as in a British accent because it just sounds so much classier. What am I on now? I don't even know. Is it interesting question, I Megatron? Think, I think she's. I think that's Australian. No, no. Is that New Zealand? I think so. Okay. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> I mean, it's. I've it's, got the Australian run right now. It doesn't sound like that. That so is I'm not like, her. They, <laughs> they all sound the same, right? Siri. It's just like Siri. Every, it's just like how everybody above the Mason Dixon line sounds exactly the same. Yeah, you know, I was I, re I, I was reading an article the other day on how you know Apple looked into uh, putting American South as a, as a, a language as a dialect choice. They uh, have for, failed for the Siri app. Uh, <laughs> but as soon as they put it in, Let's Siri it. stopped answering questions. It's like she completely 
uh, lost her ability uh, to uh, to help anybody out, so they had to scrap it. Welp. I'm I'm still crossing my fingers for the future on that one. Siri, well, they, can they I have directions? Even... Can I have directions to uh, the gas station? Well, you see, you go down right there by that barn there, and, you turn left, and, and nobody could understand. <laughs> it is accurate. <laughs> After the shell station, <laughs> take well, a hang left. left, go down. And if you mile. hit Mason's house, you've done gone too far. Got to turn around, and come back. <laughs> yeah. If you get to Mason's house, <laughs> too far, too far. Turn back. You're totally lost. Can't help you anymore. Now I think his name's John. He's got a farm. Now you gonna keep keep trucking past the farm, but if you get a Bill's farm, uh-huh. you know you turn now. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So to get us back on track a little bit. Oh, we're on track. <laughs> we we just don't know which track it is right now. Um, what each of you? What's your favorite hymn to play other than it as well? I know I know that's a tough question. I think for me it it would be Great Is Thy Faithfulness and. Mm-hmm. At our, uh, actually, at Hems and Hops, we've kind of traditionally done that one a cappella, which is kind of yeah. fun. There's lots of chords in there. It's it's pretty yeah, psycho. Yeah, Great is thy, thy, thy Faithfulness has been one of those hymns that I, I think generationally, even for my own family, coming from a, a, a line of um, Christians and firm believers, that's kind of been this, like this patriarchal battle cry for our family through the years. And it's it's pretty spe- it's a special one to me. Awesome. I love. I. Uh, I mean, if you if you've ever come to a hymns and hops, you'll know why it's it's like honky tonk, yelly, happy, fun. It's Siri in a southern accent is actually there. Like it's it's really <laughs> fun and loud. So stuff like down by the riverside, I'll fly away. I got a home in Beulah Land. Uh, when the roll is called up yonder, I love doing the like fast yeehaw stuff. I just think the joy is just kind of wonderfully annoying and happy, and it's just it's very very tangible. So that's one side of it. On a on another side. Um, Th- those are the songs. Ever since you've said it, like two months ago, my wife won't stop talking about it. When you said this is the song where we have snappies and clappies. Oh yeah, everybody gets everybody gets. That's, that. She says snappies and clappies at least once a week. Dude, now. you have to if you can sing that junk in a room like that and not move, then you're dead inside. It's just you're, you're absolutely yeah, correct. Yeah. But I also, there's another one we do a cappella. That's the other thing is, I think this is another thing we've accidentally stumbled upon is every set. So we'll sing for like 40, 45 minutes, take a 15-minute break, sing for 40, 45 minutes more. And each set we do an a cappella song. I mean, you know, the golden harp is the ultimate instrument that everybody carries around with them is the voice. And another one we end up doing a cappella all the time is called Be Still My Soul. And, dude, that melody and those lyrics are just unstoppably good so that's another one of my favorites um those are also the only ones that are actually appropriate in worship is the acapella right yeah oh yeah <laughs> I, I actually i actually so uh our listeners know we've talked about it i like i grew up in the church of christ did you really i did so, i didn't know so that total acapella shape notes uh yes. four-part harmony Come on. and it like you know there was a lot of legalism and seriously my dad apologizes every time i mention the church of christ <laughs> on a podcast like padre stop it Stop apologizing. It's Dude, okay. But people in the but, Church of Christ know how to sing. But yeah, yeah our do. church was like three three fifty and 
perfect four-part harmony. Oh, and that my goodness gracious. Legit. Yeah, sign me up any day of the week. Yeah. Holy Hannah, yeah, that's and, great. And, yeah, I think I think singing a cappella is definitely something that's been lost because so many people are so used to having a choir sing, basically sing for them Judas or Priest. a band perform for them you know yeah i mean one of the one of the most powerful things that uh, that i've seen has been in that same uh in that same realm uh going to a a lutheran school uh, uh in for uh, for my college stuff um when we'd have chapel or or beginning of school services or, or whatever it might be um during one of the big rousing hymns we'd uh, the organ uh, or instrumentalist would drop off during the third or fourth verse and it would just be an acapella verse and be so so powerful oh yeah um there's a there's a tradition in uh and namely the lutheran churches but but in others uh where the last stanza of uh, of, of some hymns is called the trinitarian verse uh, where it uh, it sings about oh, the Father, we're getting Son, fancy and Holy now. Spirit, right? But here's the thing: yeah. in the old hymnals, this. now they, they have it back in the new version. But in the in the old hymnals, there was a little triangle right before that verse, and that meant you better stand up. And oh. and so uh, it, it Jim's can, freaking out over here. It man. could be during. <laughs> I love this, dude. It, it could be this. during the distribution of communion. It could be whatever. If you're if offering, it could be offering. If there's a Trinitarian verse, you you can. Bet your business that they're going to stand right up. I mean, they, my entire business offering <laughs> your, all of it. Your offering plate Every, coming through. You stand right up. You know, throw the money into the air. I love it, dude. And you just belt it out. <laughs> you make um, it rain. It's during the Trinitarian <laughs> verse, dude. I love that. It <laughs> is. What it, if we started doing that with modern worship songs? Yeah. Right. Of course, it would be the bridge. Every stinking bridge. Everyone stands yeah, up. It, it, would, it would be yeah. the. It would be the vamp. That, the vamp. Yes. <laughs> I, you know, the, another thing we do at Hymns and Hops is every we start every one of them singing the doxology a cappella. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice. that's true. So we, it's true. That's our own little Hymns and Hops liturgy. We do the same thing every time. You, and you open with doxology, end with the creed, and it as well. Every time, mm-hmm. yeah. It's a nice little bookend. It's it's and it's like we were talking about in last week's. Well, the one that released today, as we record to break the fourth wall. Um, on liturgical worship is you show up and you kind of know what's going to happen. Yeah, and there's sure. there's kind of a comfort in that. Dude, sure. when, yeah, even when I even when I do premarital counseling with couples, like one of my big sessions is just about expectations and about how expectations determine reality. And if you welcome somebody into a space and they know part of how things are going to go down, they're a little bit more comf- comfortable, a little bit more willing to engage. And, uh, yeah. And so I, I think there's a lot of health in that. That's, I mean, I wish I could, I'm going to go listen to that liturgy episode, but that's our own little, uh, hymns and hops, uh, ghetto liturgy there, I guess. Mm-hmm. A ghetto liturgy. Yeah. I'm writing a book. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can see so it in, in a year. So Cody, what's your, uh, what's your, uh, your suggested reading for this? Well, we have the ghetto, ghetto liturgy. liturgy by Jim Thompson. <laughs> Ghetto liturgy. How to, to buy ex- How to expect trashy. <laughs> Ten thousand copies. Yeah. Ten thousand copies for my heart to sing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Lutheran, Lutheran John, I got you on that one. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, bro. I, th- I think John might have an aneurysm right now. <laughs> Zillow can foot the bill. Oh man. <laughs> Yeah, sorry I had to duck out. We just got an 85 inch television delivered and nobody knew what to do. Nice. So. Ship that. Yeah. Neat stuff. <laughs> okay. 
So I exhibited at G at the G3 conference in January mm-hmm. this year, and I was talking to someone else in the reformed world who will remain nameless, but he had a friend, and I don't know how true this is, but it's funny. So take it however you will. He had a friend who interned at at Bethlehem with Piper and lived in Piper's basement or whatever for like a year, year and a half. And, you know, like everybody knows John Piper does not have a TV. Like that dude consumes no media. So this guy, when he moved out, he's like, I am ordering the biggest freaking TV I can find. I will not treat this as legend. This is fact. Two days later, he gets a call from Piper being like, did you just have a giant TV delivered to my house? Because he had auto-filled the address and still had Piper's address in there. All so. Piper does is watch Parenthood on repeat. <laughs> That's all he does. Straight through. That's Seasons one through six start over again. Oh, wow. All right, dude, I got a question. Cody, what are your favorite, like, what about him's an opsis, like, fun for, for you? Well, obviously, the beer is great. <laughs> Especially when it's at, at 13 Stripes, we can shout them out. Um, they are a fantastic little microbrewery. It's super hipster uh, here at, at Taylor's Mill, where it's it's this old mill that's slowly being uh, basically repurposed for art and mm. restaurants and beer. Dude, I love that and the Mike, and, Mike and Aaron, so cool. who, who are some of the main dudes there, I love that they're like old punk, old ska, old hardcore music. Yes. It's, yes. 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 That is, that is something we haven't talked about a whole lot on this podcast, but we definitely will. Because you have, I mean, I'm a, I'm a mid-2000s emo kid. So. <laughs> I just got rid of the emo swoop like two months ago. So, yeah, I, I remember uh, old Cody. You know, the, you the, yeah. the swoop, the lip ring. Man, oh, bl- bless our hearts. You miss the, the lip face. ring. I do not miss the lip ring. No. Now, my, my wife cried for an hour before I took it out. She was like, "It's so sexy. I don't even want to love you anymore." She's so nostalgic, and I'm gonna I'm gonna catch so much crap from her for talking about this. Anyway, um, so the beer is obviously awesome, particularly at Thirteen Stripes, and then uh, the fact that you have people from different backgrounds mm. within Christianity mm-hmm. coming together and saying, "Look, we've got this core. We've got mm. grace alone through faith alone and Christ alone." Mm. And uh, and you've even called out the different denominations. Oh, of, dude. As, hey, where's our Baptists? And dude, then, were you there the night there was uh, the Catholic girl? Yes. She was so happy to be there. And you and you kind of called her out. You're like, oh, you're down with the evangelical <laughs> hymns, huh? And then I think the next song uh, had the line, "Full atonement, can it oh, be?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the irony, the irony there was was great. Yeah. But I mean, you're you're you know you're calling out. Baptists, Presbyterians, Methodists, Pentecostals, etc. And I think the last one I was at at Revel had some Episcopalians there. Oh yeah, mm. and um, etc. Where if you if you've got that core, I mean, yeah, join the party. You know, it's, and I don't, and it it really I love it because it's unifying. It really right. is like like I make I make no bones. You know, I I make no apologies about being reformed, but I don't want to beat somebody over the head with that like a club i'd i'd rather use that as a basis for saying all right like i get that we have differences mm. but we also have a core yeah that's that's very common yeah and and we are family if we have that core definitely yeah. you know the first I thing you mentioned when you said the catholic girl showed up 
there's this uh, there's a, a Luther hymn called "Lord Keep Us Steadfast in Thy Word," and in the original text, I think it stands a I think it stands a one right in the middle. It says, "Curb the Pope and Turk." Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, so it's a great hymn. That, Pope. It, it's a great that's hymn. The, that's the original but, German. Yeah. But you may want to check the uh, may want to check which version of it you sing if you move that into your set because it might just. Do you know from the depths of woe I cry to thee the Luther hymn? That's a good one. Not not offhand. Dude, it was on but, all the 1540 charts. You just don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it's glowing on my bookshelf right now, waiting for me to, to, to go. The top, to top 100, I think. Hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump years. in real quick. One thing that I've always wondered, so as soon as I heard about hymns and hops, I think Cody shared a video. Uh, it, was, it was months ago, before we started this podcast thing, before Cody and I's friendship ever became a thing. Um, just He just... My, my my buddy. Mm. Uh, so a long time ago, um, he he shared a video, and I thought this was the coolest idea. It's something that I've wanted to start for a long time, even before that. I I saw that it was a legit, like branded, organized thing, uh, because uh, in in my tradition, the you know the the hymn sing is a, is a really popular uh, event, but it's usually at a church, you know, with a, with an organ and in the whole the whole business. Um, so my question is, how did it, I mean, you kind of gave me the how did it start, but how do you find a place to do it? Is, is it unique to the Bible Belt that it just so happens that these bars and breweries, um, you know, are saying, yeah, come, um, or, or like what's, how do you find a place? Because that's, that's really kind of my, my challenge. I mean, we have a lot of microbrews and a lot of, a lot of bars here in, in Lincoln, but finding one that's on board with what a lot of people would consider a polarizing event and trying to convince them that it, yeah. it's really not, that it's something that would unify and bring them business, a great partnership. How did you do that? So our starting point, our, the first place we ever held an event was a little, uh, it was a local brew pub, did coffee and just had a bunch of guest taps, didn't, didn't do their, only, their own stuff. It was called Grateful Brew, great spot here in Greenville. And the owner is Presbyterian, I think. Yep and figures when we proposed the idea to him he was like oh yeah let's let's do this man no problem yeah. with that we'll get out a food truck no issues at all second nice. location we gathered was another uh kind of guest guest tap place um in a little shopping center called what's on tap and that place had like it's got posted on the doors going in like no politics no religion no loud disagreement conversations or i'm throwing you out like that's posted on the door so when we go and ask to go into that place and when we when we get into places and bring our band in, we kind of have to disrupt some chairs and make our own space do all that kind of stuff and he was super hesitant so hesitant in fact it was like hey we gotta we gotta put down like security pot deposits up front to make sure this is gonna work he was not convinced that we could even bring enough people to because, make it work because his, the christians wow. are gonna trash the place yeah, right and it was, yeah the right. first time we did it it was a tuesday night and uh, one of the girls who tend a bar there said the previous Tuesday night they made $85 and we made him 1500 bucks yeah. in one night. So his name is John. He's a super businessman, super good guy. And the next time I saw him, he was just like, anytime. You guys, anytime. Yeah, the the <laughs> tune was changed rapidly yeah. just by the, Christians the can presentation make me money? of like, yeah. oh my goodness, this can be lucrative for us. <laughs> and honestly, since and that point, it went from hey, we can meet in like a small little pub that's in a shopping center to now these actual breweries in town. Yeah. Like, I mean, we kind of, we gave ourselves the reputation of just the sheer numbers of how many people we were bringing out. 
and how many Christians like drinking beer here in Greenville that, hey, we're going to make you a lot of money. With a place <laughs> like a, a 13 Stripes, uh, it it becomes it's it's a cool partnership because the owners are Christian fellas and love Scott in the nineties and, and, and they're uh, Southern Baptist. Yes, and <laughs> and they are Southern Baptist. Just, just for the record, and I, I mean they're Russ Moore might they're super that, cool right? guys, and there's kind of that like camaraderie through it. But I mean, even in the last the last couple months, as we've been specking out other places to go, there's there's a ton of draw to us. I think purely from the financial spot, and people are able to get a bunch of good marketing and make a lot of beer sales so it's not as difficult i guess to get into places for us we were able to prove that just through sheer numbers and i think it speaks to the the beer scene and in, in greenville that again people are mm. people are showing up to these places already and there's such a boom in that industry right now that it's not super hard to get in awesome, awesome. well well fellas we don't want to take up all afternoon so we like to uh end our episodes with recommended reading uh do you have anything you want to throw at us dude i was whether it's on subject cody, or not cody asked me to think of this and there is uh i want to think about something about like music and theology something that really i mean there's a, a worship matters by bob coughlin from louisville and he's a good dude and that's just it's like a classic work to mm -hmm. think about the idea of worship and corporate worship and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, there's also a guy, and he's a Duke, a Duke professor, and his name is Jeremy Begbie. And he, I don't think he's written uh, like a lot of single volumes, but I've seen his name in tons of articles and essays. So Begbie's a good guy. And then other stuff like, you know, Piper's Desiring God is good just to shape worship formation. And, and also Surprised by Hope by N.T. Wright is like that hope, that happy, that joyful thing. That's a theological rudeness um, that like, I feel like I carry, but I mean, I, I'm a super book snob. I could literally do that for all day, but I, I just want something that frames, frames for people. Hey, there's reason there's good cause for joy and community and happy and hopeful and, and like stuff like that. There's good theological reasons for gathering. Like we gather, mm -hmm. um, we might we might need to do another episode in the future just to talk about the happiness and the joy yeah. surrounding the thing. It's a yeah. huge party. It re it really it is. is. It's massive. So fun. If, I ever, if I ever get out to your neck of the woods, that's the first place I'm going. I'm, I don't yeah. think you can get to South Carolina from Nebraska, but I'll have to, <laughs> I'll have to check the interstate if you, system. If you show up to a Hymns and Hops, you won't have to pay for beer. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> Sounds good. Lutheran John. I'll just have to make sure that I don't you drive just got too the past, up, past Bob's Farm because then I'll miss it. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Don't go past Bob's Farm. But, but don't, don't go all the way to Mason's house. No, by all means, no. You've gone too far at that point. Tanner, you got anything for us? You know, I I I lend all of all of my own book references to Jim, anyways, because he's a good buddy of mine. The only book I've been reading recently uh, is called "Sing" by Keith and Kristen Getty. Oh, awesome! Who are, uh, they're mm -hmm. they're great folks out in the UK, um, and I've been reading through that one. Nice short read. You can literally go through it in an afternoon. But it talks about. Uh, just just biblical importance for singing and kind of the precedent of even I mean psychological change mm. for yourself and in your household and in your home and how how and why congregational singing is important mm -hmm. and I think it, it speaks a lot to even what we do through hymns and hops uh, Jim already mentioned it Worship Matters by Bob Coughlin was huge for me um, in my own development but here's another good book it's called Open Up Google and then type in the health benefits of singing. And it's astronomically, uh, astronomically cool. It's so cool. And you have singing that's a health benefit, which I just think is God's design. And then some of those blogs will s talk about singing with other people. Mm. And 
it, it's just so so cool that it's like we're made to do something like this you know mm. yeah so, yeah makes yeah, the heart real quick and real quick before we keep going when is the next hymns and hops july 29th. 29th which is awesome because this drops on the 23rd Hell. so in six days come to hymns and hops if you're in the greenville area or if you're not in the greenville area book still a flight come. out and <laughs> book a flight and out come to hymns this and is hops prophecy anyway. i love <laughs> that future talking in yeah. six days <laughs> what you got over there john so the book i've got for today is uh called drinking with calvin and luther uh, it's, oh, a book yeah. by, yes. it's a book by Jim West uh, that isn't exegetical in nature, uh, more allegorical, but it teaches us to receive all of God's gifts uh, in uh, moderation and with gratitude. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's a fun read. It's, uh, it's lively. There's comedy in it. It's, uh, it's a quick read, too, uh, but it really makes sure that we understand that all good things come from God, and, uh, and, and certainly a good pint uh, falls in that category. Dude, yes. I was at a friend of mine who's super Presbyterian. I was at his house for supper with my family, and uh, I had to um, urinate. And so I went in to his El Baño, and that book was on the back of the toilet. <laughs> so I nice. took my time. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Oh, that is great. What about you, Cody? My recommended reading this week is God Gave Wine by Kenneth L. Gentry Jr., where uh, it, it is exegetical in nature. And uh, I actually read this book before I ever drank anything. I used to be a straight-edge kid back in the day. Nice. You know, because With your lip ring? I was classy yeah, like sounds that. Right. Sounds pretty right. <laughs> With your lip so, ring? So I actually, I actually didn't drink anything until my honeymoon and I went from zero to free Johnny Walker tasting. Which was, <laughs> I figured if I could handle the Johnny Walker, I could handle pretty much everything. So, so uh, but yeah, this this book Gentry uh, basically walks through uh, the arguments against alcohol consumption. He actually is refuting another book, and I don't recall that title. But he's like, hey, here's the biblical support for viewing alcohol as a gift, and. And uh, it kind of solidified, like, yeah, it isn't wrong. I'm, I'm not drinking anything right now, but I'm not going to view it as wrong. And then I went zero to Johnny Walker taste. And it was awesome. <laughs> no, dude, I know this is reach, going back, and we're trying to wrap here. But oh, I, yeah. I think, especially for Christians in the South, maybe just for Christians in America overall, like, if you ask them what they think about alcohol, I think their body posture and <laughs> facial expressions and their immediate answers are a very quick commentary on grace. Like, alcohol is not mm. a big deal, but it's it's usually connected to a big deal for people. That's and true. so, and so like, even if you're not down and like, then you're not supposed to judge me. Like, yeah. And if you want to be a vegetarian and I really like bacon, I don't go grow up, you know? So it's right. It's that it, whole Romans 14. Thing. It is. It is. And I know that again, anything can be abused, but I do think how you understand this idea is connected to grace and grace is connected to joy and all these other things that we have been hinting at. So, yeah. Very cool. We also like to uh, end every episode with a song by a Westminster artist. And, Jim, you sent me a link <laughs> to, I guess this is your project, right? Oh, Saint no. Ce Saint Cecilia and the Melody Makers. Dude, you told me to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> why are you oh, knowing this? Yeah, why are you knowing this? I think this it was more just like, sure. <laughs> it's, still, it's still fun. However... 
technically hymns and hops isn't yet a westminster artist so Ooh, get on that guys this. come on now let me well i'm gonna make that happen this is the zurich preamp whoa yes yes that will make that will make your acoustic guitar sound legit yes. so, this so is good. awesome yeah, run that as your DI. This is me being generous on a Dude. podcast, so obviously can't you guys my see left this? hand this knows is so what my right. Metal. Yeah. <laughs> this is my left hand letting my right hand know know what I'm doing. But at the same time, uh, I do I do love hymns and hops, so, so that'll good. help you sound Bro, more awesome. Thank you so much. So yeah, man, happy to do it. So Sounds this great. is Saint Cecilia and the Melody Makers with I've Got a Home in Beulah Land. Thanks, guys. <laughs> I got home in Beulah Land and I shines the sun. See my Lord and sing the angel song.